grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. From the Gospel for this Sunday, St. Matthew chapter 20, verses 9 through 11 and verses 13 through 15. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received the denarius. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the householder. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? It was Dr. Samuel Johnson, that rather remarkable 18th century man of letters and also a deeply serious Christian, who with his typical candor once said, it does a troubled soul good to be heard. It does a troubled soul good to be heard. And I think we all know from our own experience how true that is. But what about the chronic complainers, which I have to admit I myself have been more often than I care to remember. Grumbling, dissatisfaction, discontent, complaint. If you know your Bible, you know that the scriptures are full of it from the very beginning. And grumbling is a common thread in all three readings for this Lord's Day. In the Old Testament lesson, we heard of how the people of Israel, having just been wonderfully delivered from slavery in Egypt, grumbled against Moses when they found no water in the wilderness. In the epistle, St. Paul tells us that even though all the people of Israel had been wonderfully rescued from Pharaoh's pursuing army at the Red Sea and in a wonderful way provided with food and drink in the wilderness, with most of them God was not well pleased and if we ask why, Paul goes on to speak not only of their sins of idolatry and sexual immorality, 
but also of their grumbling against Moses and against God. And then in the gospel just read, we heard of how at the end of the workday, the workers who'd worked all day long grumbled when they received no more wages than those who'd worked just one hour. Can't you just hear them? These latecomers have done just an hour's work and you've paid them just as much as you've paid us who've worked the whole day long in the blazing sun. Well, it's hard not to sympathize with the men who worked all day and got no more than those who worked just one hour. It, it just doesn't seem fair, the same wages for 12 hours of work and for only one hour of work. Certainly any business that carried on in that way would quickly go out of business. But in this story, the Lord Jesus isn't giving us a lesson about management and labor and fair wages. Instead, he's telling a parable. And a parable is one of those surprising, often puzzling, even shocking stories Jesus tells to point to who he in fact is and what God the Father is doing through him. You notice that Jesus doesn't begin this story by saying, now this is how the world should be run. This is how business should be done. No, he begins his story by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like this, as if to say, this is what it's like when God, the heavenly king, acts to bring his lost and wayward children back to himself. Of course our sense of fairness is offended when we hear that men who work just one hour got the same pay as those who work for 12 hours. But that's just the point. Our place in God's kingdom isn't a matter of fairness, but of goodness. Not our goodness, but God's goodness. Not at all our achievement, but altogether his gift through the costly sacrifice of his own dear son. And so this parable, like all the parables, finally points to the cross on Calvary, where God himself suffers the judgment we grumbling, wayward children of Adam in fact deserve. Through Jesus' suffering for us, we are wonderfully given to beyond all calculation and all imagining. St. Paul writes, what no eye has seen, 
nor ear heard, nor the heart of man conceived, God has prepared for those who love him. So how is it with you and with me? Whenever we find ourselves grumbling about our lot in life and who of us hasn't, we are like those first called laborers in the vineyard saying that we in fact deserve better. We in fact deserve better. But what do we in fact deserve? Well, in the Catechism, when the question is asked, what have you deserved of God by your sins? The answer given is this, is wrath and displeasure, temporal death and eternal damnation. That's what we deserve. And because we deserve God's judgment, all that we are, all that we have is a gift of God who has no pleasure in the death of sinners, but went to the cross that we might be freely and fully forgiven, raised up to the joy of living under his mercy. Right after the end of the parable we've heard, St. Matthew tells us that Jesus took the twelve disciples aside and on the way he said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified and he will be raised on the third day. Today is Septuagesima Sunday, so called, because it's now 70 days until Easter Day. And Easter Day isn't just another date in the calendar, not just another festival of the church year. Easter Day is the foundation of all our life and hope. The life-giving resurrection of Jesus who was crucified, being sheer gift from the God who deals with us, not as we deserve in our sinfulness, but as we are known and loved in his own dear Son. O Savior of the world, grant that we may glory in your saving cross and praise and glorify your holy resurrection. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.